ಜ್ಞಾನಂಜನಾಶಲಕಾಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರುಮಿಳಿತ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಅಜನುಲಂಬತೋ ಭುಜೋ ಕನಕಾವದತು ಸಂಕೀರ್ತನಾಯಕಪಿತರೋ ಕಮಲಾಯತಕ್ಷೋ ವಿಶ್ವಂಬರೋ ದ್ವಿಜಬರೋ ಯುಗಧಾರ್ಮಪಾಲೋ ವಂದೇ ಜಗತ್ಪ್ರಿಯಕರೋ ಕರುಣಾಭೂತಾರೋ ಶ್ರೀಶ್ರೀ ಕೌರ್ ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಕೀಯ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಚರಿತಾಮೃತ ಕೀ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕವಿರಾಜ್ ಗುಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಮಹಾಶಾಯ ಕೀ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀ ವೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವಿಧಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಪ್ರೋಪಾತ್ ಕೀ ಜಯ ಪ್ರಮಾನಂದಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಕಶನ್ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಮಹಾಪ್ರಭುಸ್ ಕನ್ವರ್ಜನ್ ಆಫ್ ಪ್ರಕಾಶ ಆನಂದ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಕಾಶಿ ಬನಾರಸ್ ಇತಿಮಧ್ಯೆ ಚಂದ್ರಶೇಖರ್ ಮಿಶ್ರತಾಪನ್ ದುಃಖಿ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾಯ ಕೊಲನಿವೇದನ್ while chaitanya mahaprabhu was instructing sanatan goswami both chandrashekhar and tapan mishra became very unhappy therefore they submitted an appeal unto the lotus feet of the lord so they certainly they weren't unhappy with what mahaprabhu was instructing sanatan goswami that is uh, practically the entire theology of gaudi vaishnavism is found there their course and in his instructions to to Rupa Goswami. But those historic instructions to Sanatan Prabhu took place in the presence of Chandrasekhar and Tapan Mishra. And while that certainly would have given joy to them, the problem at hand was something else. And that is the discussion today. We know a little bit about it. We've already heard to some extent. But the local inhabitants of Varanasi, they cannot appreciate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's significant here that while the inhabitants of Kashi Banaras led by Prakashananda it's a stronghold for Mayavad and Buddhism the worst of which is the Mayavad Mahaprabhu made this statement in relation to the Buddhists he said Veda Shray Nastikavad Bodake Adika it means in essence in easy english half truth is worse than no truth at all <laughs> like a wolf in sheep's clothing nothing could be more insidious mahaprabhu made the statement in effect praising the buddhists saying at least they openly say that uh, they're agnostic and they don't believe in the veda and they reject the veda whereas the mahavadis say they embrace the veda and they believe in god and and so forth but if you look carefully at their teaching we find god evaporates even the eternality of the vedas everything that comes becomes nirvishesh so very very insidious therefore so much emphasis is given and our guru maharaj for example was uh, like the pranam mantra however maybe technically suffering from some grammatical inaccuracies nirvishesha sunyavadi pascha tadesa tarane Namaste Saraswati that's the part that has the problem I've been told Namaste Saraswati Devam Gauravani Pracharane Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatade Satarane with the Gauravani the kind of words that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke to Sanatana Goswami on this occasion if we are armed with that then we will easily be able to defeat the Nirvishesha and Sunyavad both sectors the Mayavadis and the Buddhists who are proliferating 
to this day outside of the boundaries of Kasi, <laughs> and they're all over the world. Therefore, Paschatadeshatarani, particularly in the Western worlds, he was concerned about this. Our obeisances unto him, Shri A.C. Bhaktivedanta Sami Prabhupada, who strictly in this regard followed in the footsteps of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitaku, who made it clear that without the eradication of Mayavad, and that means within our own hearts and minds, any trace of this, there's no question of Krishna Prem. So we have to cross through this. So it's significant that uh, here, Mahaprabhu was teaching Sanatana Goswami and in the stronghold of of the Mayavadis and the Buddhists and as much as, as I say, those in those instructions all the power and much more to not only to dismantle the arguments of the Mayavadis but power to charm the people with the beautiful theology of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is found. And as we mentioned yesterday, that latter charming aspect of the theology of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is perhaps even more powerful than the arguments that we can gather to forcefully debate with the Mayavadis based on the Shastra and, and logic and so forth. So become charmed by Krishna, this is the message. Somehow become charmed by Krishna consciousness. A young man wrote me just this morning on the Sangha, he asked a question. He said that he was having a little difficulty identifying Krishna with God. He thought maybe it was due to his Christian background. Although he was a devotee, he was still having trouble identifying Krishna as God. So I, I told him it probably is due to your Christian background, but take solace in the fact that ultimately our ideal is to not think of Krishna as God. <laughs> Of course, we have to go, really, this, this scientific, scientific way to do that, to arrive, that is, at the conclusion, at the sense, at the feeling that Krishna is not God. It means that Krishna is my friend, Krishna is my lover, as may be the case. The scientific way to do that, if we look throughout the scriptures, we find it's very clear. Ahamsarvasa, he himself has said, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, and it must be Swayam Bhagavan who's speaking, otherwise the statement can't be true. By knowing the tattva about Krishna, that he is the Supreme Personality of God, the source of everything, then we can get the necessary inspiration to fuel our practice that we can get the bhava, raga, samandrita, to know him as, on intimate terms, more than God, not less than God. But this is the Christian idea. Narayan is God, four-armed. And I've been told that here in the South, if someone doesn't have four arms, they have a hard time accepting him as God. Understandably. <laughs> so, the two-handed form of Krishna, therefore, very charming that God could appear in such a way. So if we can become, this is the message, become charmed by Krishna, then we'll have the power to conquer over. That is how he himself conquers over and controls everything. By affection's force, by charm and beauty. Satyam, Sundaram, Shivaram, by beauty and charm. So in those teachings to Sanatana Goswami, we can find that 
charm. Yet Chandrasekhar and Tapan Misha, they were lamenting. They would have done well to pay better attention to the instructions of Mahaprabhu to Sanatan. They could not defeat the Mayavadis. They could not rise to the occasion and say anything. They say here, Kotekha Shuniva Prabhu Toma Nindana Par Napari Sahite Ebe Chariva Jivan. They say, How long do we have to listen to this? Vilification is Nindana. And they reason, We should give up our lives if we have to continue like this. So while this is a good sentiment, and it's even recommended in some places. It is for those who cannot rise to the occasion with the philosophical, theological arguments to defeat the uh, opposition, those who are vilifying. For example, our Gurudev, a Vaishnav, our Guru Parampara. Mahaprabhu was taught, of course, Trinada Pisuni Chena, Tarara Pisa but we should understand this humility, more humble than a blade of grass, in a dynamic sense. We should be humble before God. But in opposition to God, then we should not be humble before that. Like Prabhupada used to say, a lamb at home and a lion on the chase. So before the Lord and in the assembly of Vaishnavas, we'll be like a lamb, very humble. But if there's opposition to the Vaishnavas, to our Lord, to our Gurudev. Then we shall rise to the occasion. And if we have the faith and if we have the charm that I'm speaking of, some experience, we'll find the reasoning can come to us. Logic can come the, 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 as far as possible. Scriptural reference can come and so forth. And we can, at least by argumentation, in the very least, come to a a stalemate if not defeat them entirely and if we can't defeat them entirely then we take them to our superior who's more charming perhaps than ourselves <laughs> and can charm them and defeat them the position of the Kanishtadikari is typified in the reaction of Tapan Mishra and Chandrasekhar here they are not Kanishtadikaris but in the Leela of the Lord the eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will sometimes exemplify for us certain attitudes, certain practices, and so forth, for our instruction. One time, and I told this story before, but it's worth repeating, there was some difference between the Chaitanya Saraswatthamat and its successor, Chipad Govinda Maharaj, his disciples, I should say, and Srila uh, Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj's mission. Because some of the disciples of Srila Sridhar Maharaj who had taken Harinam, and some had taken Harinam and Dikshamanta from him, went uh, respectively to take Diksha Mantra or Sanyas from Puri Gosami Maharaj rather than from within the Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Math and from Sripad Bhakti Sundar Govinda Maharaj which is really their prerogative we are to move in this Vaishnav landscape interior landscape in accordance with our Shraddha our faith, that should be our guide Faith should be tempered, of course, by knowledge. In fact, proper Vaishnava knowledge, again, that will give rise to the kind of faith that can guide us. Faith means faith in the scripture, and faith means ultimately experience. This is the ultimate Praman, although we put a lot of emphasis on the Shastra Praman, 
Chaitanya Charitamrita's message is that experience pratyaksha is the ultimate praman. Pratyaksha bhagamam dharmam susukam kartamavyam. Bhagavad Gita says the same thing. This would be more grounding to us than any logical or scriptural support, our inner experience, our inner wealth, derived from any particular sangha and practice arising out of that sangha and council. So they were guided by their faith, their inspiration, and they went to take shelter of Puri Marsh. And some less advanced devotees in the Chaitanya Saraswatamat, they thought this was a problem and a challenge to the authority of their acharya. And so they made some propaganda against those devotees as if they were independent and so forth. These kind of things happen. At any rate, at one point, one of the devotees from Chaitanya Saraswatamat, in a final effort to make his point and to bring the rest of the devotees under his influence and conception, shore up the troops and so forth against the enemy across the Ganga. With regard to faith, weak faith, it should be known, requires an enemy. So those who had faith and went to Puri Goswami Maharaj, they may have been of a different stature. Those who were complaining may have been of this Komal Shraddha. Komal Shraddha means tender faith. That is the faith of the Kanishta Adhikari. It's not as bad as it sounds. From the broader perspective, Komal Shraddha, real faith in Vaishnavism, even if it's weak, and that means it gets intimidated in circumstances, in opposition, it doesn't go away. It remains. So who can awaken this Shraddha like Prabhupada awakened the Shraddha in so many devotees. This is our good fortune. Generally it is said that we know from the Sutra, Vedanta Sutra, Atato Brahma Jignashu. Now is the time to inquire about Brahman. Now means with respect to Adhikar. Now, because this is the Uttar Mimamsa. And Purva Mimamsa, Atato Dharma Jignashu. First inquire about Dharma, religion. Pass through that, live a religious life. And the fruit of such, really, is that from living a religious life, we get some insight into what spiritual life is about. It's one thing to color our entire human existence with a religious tint. It's another thing to actually tread the spiritual path and transcend even our humanity. Or, in terms of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, to realize the fullest potential of humanity. That is, of course, a very esoteric teaching. It all comes back to human society in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. When we move from a religious life to a spiritual and experiential orientation, from a religious orientation to an experiential orientation, then we step back from the world that we were previously involved in family raising and house building and money making and so many things, albeit with a religious tint, we step back from that and look at it anew with some detachment. When you move back from something and look at it from a distance, some objectivity comes. And when you're too close to a thing, then you can't see it for what it is. And that means attachment makes us close to something. By our attachment, we become close and we become biased by that attachment. So 
we step back, that's vairagya. And what is the concomitant of vairagya? Gyan. Knowledge comes. What is the nature of this material phenomenon? I was trying to make it happy, and I understood that by factoring God into the experience of human society, of, of human life, it would become happy, but only to an extent. The whole thing is temporary. It's here today and gone tomorrow. and So when we step back, all these thoughts come to mind. With Bairagya, then comes its concomitant knowledge of the nature of the material experience. The futility of material life. But then spiritual practice. We want to go beyond humanity. But if we do that in the context of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, it comes full circle. And we come back into human society. Once we've understood it for what it is, fully, the first view of it is, well, it's got problems. So, but as we practice Krishna consciousness, yukta vairagyam, and we come to the full sense of this, we enter fully back into human society. There's nowhere to go. It's all here. Vishvam purnam sukayate. Vishvana Chakravitakur said, the whole world becomes an abode of joy. Krishna himself came to human society. Is not a leela. Even everyone in Golok is wanting to take part in that. While we want to go there to Golok, they want to come here to Boma Vrindavan and take part in that. Not a leela. As I said before, it's like a movie on location. When you film the movie in the studio, it is one thing. When you go on location, actually to the bank of the Kaveri or to the jungles of India to make the movie, like the Arveda files, <laughs> that has some more value. So the Naralila of Krishna, as opposed to the Devalila in Golok. But without that in-between stage of moving in the direction of detachment, then we cannot come full circle back into human society and live. And therefore we find who does this? Great devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Overtly, Vaishnavarakriyamudra Vignin Abhujai. Very difficult to understand a Vaishnav, his movements, his activities. When Pundarik Vidyaniti was riding on a palanquin and smoking a hookah and living like a fop, they say in English, like a fancy Dan, a big materialist, he could not be recognized by Gadadhar Pandit as a Vaishnav. Although Mukunda could understand his position. To save him from making offense, Pundarik Vidyaniti, of course, is the, is Vishabhanu Raj, the father of Radhika, and Gadadhar is Radha and Gaur Lila. So he chanted that, uh, about a Putana Lila from Bhagavat. Anyway, he said, oh, the verse is, who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone else? I believe it was Uddhava, yes, who spoke this verse. Not an ordinary person. Very, very learned. This came from his mouth. Who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone else besides Krishna? Anyone else means Indra, Brahma, Shiva, Narayana, Ram, Narasimha. Anyone else. Anyone else. So many gods. So many goddesses. So many incarnations of Krishna. Anyone else. Who in their right minds would take shelter of anyone else but this person, Krishna? Look and see the standard of his mercy. And we are all waiting in line 
for mercy. As Sridhar Maharaj used to say, don't call for justice. If justice is to prevail, then we'll be doomed. But if we can get some mercy, we have a chance to survive. And what is the extent of Krishna's mercy in Putana Lila? There he was as a child, an infant even. Putana came, disguised as a mother, smeared poison on her breasts and gave it to the infant Krishna. This is so insidious. The contrast is very great. Dressed like a mother, the image of nourishment, her breast milk, and smeared with poison. And what did Krishna do? Krishna drank the milk from her breast. And the Vishnu in him killed Putana. The Krishna in him accepted her as a mother and gave her Vatsalya Bhakti, gave her eternal position as a nurse in his Leela. So Uddhava, he was very, very smart. And he thought about the contrast. Such an insidious act and such a benediction, on the other hand, is given. So logically, he concluded, and we should as well, who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone else than Krishna? And by extension, who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone else other than Lord Chaitanya? Prabodhananda Saraswati has said, who cares that Varaha lifted the world from the uh, Plutonic regions? Who cares that Narasringa did this and uh, Vamana did that and so forth? Of what consequence is it? Of what significance is it in comparison to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come and done and given? So we should have faith in Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and for good reason, not blind faith. And according to our faith, we should move, enlightened faith. According to our enlightened faith, we should move and associate. So some of the devotees had gone to that side, and some remained on the other side. And those who remained on the other side of the river criticized those who had gone to the other. They had to make an enemy for their weak faith, and the enemy of all persons was Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj. And one fellow, in order to shore up the troops once and for all, said, Okay, I've been holding back on this. I wasn't going to say it, but now I'm going to come out with it. Sridhar Maharaj has said, Guru Maharaj has said, the Param Guru of our present Acharya, Bhakti Sundar Govinda Maharaj, has said, Puri Goswami is a Kanishtadikari. Tapan Mishra Chandrasekhar, Kanishtadikari. But we should know, something they are doing for our instruction is exemplifying the attitude of a Kanishta Adhikari for our instruction. Sridhar Maharaj, yes, he said, Puri Goswami Maharaj is a Kanishta Adhikari. He said, Swami Maharaj, Paramhamsa, Madhav Maharaj, Madhim Adhikari. Puri Maharaj, Kanishta Adhikari. But if we look at that instruction, we understand what he was saying is, in terms of Prabhupada's activities, in which he took the teaching the details of the teaching and he adjusted them and mixed them up and delivered the principle in a big way in foreign cultures and so forth. This is the work of a Paramahamsa. This is extraordinary type of activity. Madhav Maharaj was a faithful disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and he used to say, I'm Madhi Manikar. He would never allow him to be self be called Paramahamsa and he faithfully followed everything that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur did and was successful in his preaching. So it typified Madhya Manikari. 
Puri Goswami Maharaj was very much involved with the deity worship. And worship of the deity is a characteristic of the Kanishta Adhikari who sees his Lord in the deity and then turns around and doesn't see him anywhere else. But if he looks long enough and hard enough and serves sincerely enough on that focal point of the deity, then he could turn around and start to see, oh, the deity is here also in the Vaishnav. And if he advances more so in the Vaishnav, therefore my, my first and foremost object of worship is the Vaishnav and my Gurudev, where Krishna has come locally to minister to me. You tell me just what I need to hear. And from seeing the Lord in the Vaishnav, as he comes to Uttamanakari, by serving the Vaishnav, and he sees the Lord everywhere, in everyone. So, Srinivas had made the statement. And then, now his grand disciples were making the statement in a way that was inappropriate. And news came to Puri Maharaj from his disciples. Puri Maharaj, Gurudev, they are saying there across the river that Sri Maharaj has said, you are Kanishtadikari. And Puri Maharaj folded his hands and said, Sri Maharaj has said, he has given me some Adikar in Bhakti, <laughs> um, showing himself to be Uttamadikari. To have such a sense of what it means to have some Adikar for Bhakti, what value that is, what wealth that is. And we think Kanishtadikari is a derogatory term. And we may be a Kanishtadikari. To think like that, we must be a Kanishtadikari. Some Adikar, some faith, even if it's Komal, tender, but it is real Shraddha, it may be weak. We may hear opposing arguments and not be able to respond. This is the case of Chandrasekhar and Tapan Mishra. But it doesn't go away. We believe in Krishna. And if we keep good company, good association with Uttamadikari, Madhumadikari, our faith will become strong. How we become strong? How do we get faith? By associating with those who have faith, deeper faith. And by faith here we mean experience. Faith and belief are in two different realms. Belief is the realm of the intellect and faith is the realm of the soul itself. Some divine and sublime sense that simply by taking shelter of Krishna Oh, my life will become perfect. This is Shraddha. We can enter the path of Bhakti. Rupa Goswami has given three types of Shraddha. Shraddha is the basic Adhikar, eligibility for Bhakti. And he's given three types in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in relation to Sadhana Bhakti, Vaidhi Bhakti. So in that description, the Kanishta Adhikari, who has Komal Shraddha, tender faith, cannot rise to the occasion of giving arguments, whereas the Madhyamadhikari can. He may have arguments, but not all the arguments. But his faith doesn't waver. He doesn't get worried and think, oh gosh, uh, like the Kanishtadhikari. And Uttamadhikari, of course, can give the reply. Here in this section, we find two examples. We find the example of the Kanishtadhikari in Tapanmishra and Chandrasekhar. And we find the example of Madhyamadhikari in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In Bhagwat, 11th Canto, the description of the Madhyamadhikari is a fourfold discrimination. Prema Maitri Kripo Peksha Yakaroti Samadhyama. Prema Ishvari Taradineshu. In relation to Ishvar, he cultivates his Prema, 
in relation to the devotees who are similar, he cultivates maitri, friendship. In relation to innocent people, he shows kripa. And, as Mahaprabhu is showing here, in relation to the envious apiksha, he avoids them. So thus far, Mahaprabhu has avoided them altogether. Tomari nindai jata sanyasir gaan shunite na pari hathe hridai shravan. Tapanvisha and Chandrasekhar say, The Mayabadi sanyasis are all criticizing your holiness. We cannot tolerate hearing such criticism. For this blasphemy breaks our heart. Iha shuni rahe prabhu ishat hoiya se kale eko vipra milila asiya. Well, they were speaking in this way to Mahaprabhu. He only smiled and remained silent. At that time, a Brahman came to meet the Lord. So thus far, Mahaprabhu has more or less ignored them. As we heard on his way to Vrindavan through Banares, the criticisms were going on. Mahaprabhu carried on with his program, chanting and dancing in Sankirtan, ignored these Mayabadis. So this is one example of the Madhimadikari, avoiding envious people. It is said that if you give milk to a serpent, then it will become more venomous. So we should, as preachers and advancing devotees, intermediate devotees, to the extent that we are actually interested in making advancement, we may be classified as an intermediate devotee. Shades of Madhima coming to our Kanishta orientation. In this intermediate stage, and there's some scope for avoiding envious people. Preach to those who are recept them. So Mahaprabhu exhibited this. Now, of course, he's going to come and defeat them. And by his own omniscience, he's omniscient, then he has arranged for this Brahman to come suddenly out of nowhere. Asi nivedan kori chorane dhoriya eka vastu magon deha prasanahiya. The Brahman immediately fell at the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and requested him to accept his proposal in a joyful mood. Shakolo sannyasi muni kainu nimantran tumitari aisha purna hi morman. He said that, my dear Lord, I have invited all the sannyasis, Shakolo sannyasi, and all of the sannyasis to come to my home. And my desire will be fulfilled if you also accept this invitation. He's knowing, of course, that Mahaprabhu has been avoiding the other sannyasis. So he's thinking his life will be complete if all the sannyasis don't come. The fact is, if this one sannyasi would come, his life would be complete. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nad yaha sannyasi goshti iha amijani. Mori Anugrahakor Nimantranamani. My dear Lord, I know that you never mix with other sannyasis, but please be merciful unto me and accept my invitation. Again, Mahaprabhu is careful in his uh, association. So this is characteristic of the Madhimadikari. He will think before he goes into an assembly <coughs> of devotees, into a kirtan. Who is leading the kirtan? What is the conception? behind that person who's leading the kirtan. We're taking prashad, who I will take prashad with. The Kanishta Adhikari, of course, lacks this kind of discrimination. And in a very sentimental way, he thinks, why can't we all be Vaishnavas? And uh, we should be 
But there are different groups. There may be reasons for not associating. Our faith has come in a particular way, and it's in our interest to cultivate that faith in association with those whose faith has come in a similar way. So sadhu sangha is more particular than we might think. We should associate how it will be helpful to us, associate with those who are more advanced than us, yes, but particularly those whose faith has come in a similar way as ours has. That would be most useful to us. So there may be some scope for not associating with others. That construction at some point may be useful to us, inappropriate. Discrimination is said in English to be the better part of valor. So proper discrimination has to be exercised if we are to make advancement. Our intelligence is also supposed to be used in Krishna's service. We are not to ignore that. That is the power of discrimination. So Madhimadikari is the thinking person, always thinking about how to make progress and discriminating, not to waste his time and so forth, where to associate, where not to associate. Madhimadikari, of course, lacks discrimination. But the Kanishtadikari's lack of discrimination is just a, a shadow of that position of the Uttamadikari, who can go anywhere. And if he takes food anywhere, it becomes prasadam. Even if he should take food in an improper place, that food would become prasad for us. He sees, of course, in relation to prasad, he's fully dependent upon Krishna in every respect. So whatever comes, it's coming as Krishna's mercy. Kanishtadikai will have to go through the rituals of actually offering the food. The Madhimadikari will offer always in his mind. He's the thinking person, as I said. He's always thinking about Krishna. He's always thinking about what he's doing, why he's doing it, what's the implication behind it, and so forth. This calls his progress. So he will offer whatever comes to him immediately to Krishna. And it's not just, we shouldn't think, well... I don't want to be a Kanishtadikari, but I don't want to be so proud that I'll call myself an Uttamadikari. So I'll just be the Madhimadikari and offer the food in my mind. And it's a realization. He's absorbed in such a way that it's natural and spontaneous and it's real. And it's not an excuse for not offering the food, offer in my mind, that I don't go through the exercise. That exercise of offering the food physically and so forth with proper procedures, that will purify us. That will supposed to catch up our mind. All this vidi is for that, to catch up our mind, fix it, so that we can actually peacefully sit and think about Krishna. Nam Prabhu, of course, is considered to be a higher dispensation of the Lord than the Archer Vigraha. But we cannot take advantage of Nam Prabhu fully. So the engagement in, in the service of the deity <coughs> is there for us to help us take advantage of the holy name. You may fall asleep chanting japa, but you won't fall asleep offering artik. This is the mercy of Archivigraha. <laughs> he engages all of our senses, seeing the deity, tasting the prashad of the deity, wearing the remnants of the deity, smelling the incense offered to the deity, walking to the temple, planting, growing, picking the fruits to offer to Krishna, preparing them. All of our senses become engaged. Prabhupada used to say the deity is a form, Krishna has come in a form in which you can handle. That's why he doesn't talk to us. If he talked to us, then we couldn't handle it. We would be too, we would be too busy. Give me this, bring me that. He's kind enough. 
If we become very serious, then he will talk to us, then we'll be in big trouble. We have no life of our own. But that is the culmination, of course, of this kind of deity worship. No life of our own. Lost to Krishna. Then we can take advantage of non-bhajan. So through archan, we can actually come to the stage of, of bhajan, smarnam. This is basic Bhagavad Gita. It's interesting how Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthataka preached Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's so practical. and has He preached it with the whole body. In other words, not just the head of the teachings, but the whole structure, the whole body. It's Vedanta, after all. And this is what comes to bear in this section here. The Sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is floating on an ocean of ecstasy that makes the study of Vedanta look like a drop of water only. But that ocean of ecstasy is the essence of Vedanta. I had the occasion once, the unfortunate experience, of being at a particular mat when my book, Aesthetic Vedanta, came out, and I happened to have a copy, and I was talking with an acharya there, and someone next to me said, well, why don't you offer Maharaj a copy of your book? So I offered the Maharaj a copy of the book, Aesthetic Vedanta, and on the front cover there's a picture of Radha. He looked at the book and he said, This is Vedanta? She is Vedanta? She is Vedanta? I said, Well, you know, yes, she is Vedanta. <laughs> Matter of fact, yes. We should not separate these two things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Krishna Leela, Radha Dasyam, and Vedanta. Gosamis, they were Manjaris. They came to this world. What did they speak here? Gurya Vedanta. So much Vedanta. So much they showed from the scripture, the support for what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about. So yes, she is Vedanta. She is the end of all Vedanta. And if we get good association with the proper Vaishnav, then we can go step by step by step. That's what happened to us, who got the good association of Prabhupada, as I was mentioning. Atato Dharma Jignashu, Atato Brahma Jignashu. From Dharma Jignashu, inquiring about Dharma and becoming a truly religious person, we can move in the direction of inquiring about the nature of myself, which is different than the body altogether. But that's a long course. The shortcut is, if we get the association of a sadhu, a param Vaishnav, we can get Shraddha and Bhakti. And Bhakti, Rasa Jignashu, as Sri Ramarsh used to say, the essence of Brahman, Param Brahma, Rasuvai Saha, Rasaraj Krishna, just Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Sastrikoyla, Vomatta Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi Hai. It's a little association, change our life. Sridhar Marsh once told me, like Adam is very small, but inside it has great potential. So association, even a little bit with the real Vaishnava, has the potential to change our life forever, once and for all in due course. So we should embrace the whole of the the teaching, not just the head of the teaching, and we should know where we're at. To do smarnam, lila smarnam, for example, basic Bhagavad Gita teaches, unless the heart is pure, you cannot sit down and do meditation. That doesn't change just because you have shraddha in bhakti. Just because you're fortunate by good association to get shraddha in bhakti and you have adhikar, eligibility to tread the path of bhakti doesn't mean that all of a sudden as a result of that you can engage in the highest practices 
of bhakti. It doesn't mean that, well, for ordinary people, their heart has to be cleansed to do meditation. But I have faith in bhakti, so I can sit and do meditation. <laughs> no. From shravanam, kirtanam, real smarnam can be affected. If the heart is not pure, if you have desire, when you sit down, the desires are going to make you get up. That's the point. Any practical, honest person will have that experience. I sit down simply to meditate on Krishna, but there are so many desires in my heart, so I get up. I have to follow them. So, Chetodarpanamarjana, first the heart has to be cleansed by Namsankirtan. And gradually we can come to the point of sitting in a proper just say, Krishna will make a garden for you. And you can sit like Haridas Thakur and chant the holy name. In due course, all arrangements will be made. He also said, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, I should say, said, Don't be so eager in this life to sit and do Nirjan Bhajan, solitary Bhajan. Again, if we understand bhakti, if we understand the significance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent, as I gave the example of Puri Marsh, any connection we'll regard in such a high way, then we can make progress naturally. I don't want to slow anybody down and tell you to put it off to your next life, necessarily. We should be enthusiastic. But we should be enthusiastic and desire according to what we deserve. And all this requires is a little bit of honesty and introspection. That is so much part of bhakti. Don't think that introspection is only part of the Gyanmarg. It's part of bhakti also. Devotees are called satam, truthful. So be honest with yourself. Get busy for Krishna. If it's not shravanam, kirtanam, and we used to say shravanam, mapanam for Krishna. Cleansing the temple, something. That will be active. Cleanse the heart. In due course of time, you can sit and simply think of Krishna. That is the Paramahamsa Marg. We are on the Marg, but where are we on that path? That we have to honestly assess. True beauty, Srimad Bhagavatam says, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur like to quote this shloka, true beauty, in essence, to paraphrase it, is to know one's actual adhikar and act accordingly. It's very ugly when you do otherwise. When you try to act in accordance with something you don't have eligibility for, and everything becomes a mess. So know your position, and if you're not honest enough to assess it yourself, then hear from your superiors. At least be prepared to hear that. And then go step by step. Don't imitate, I'll just be a madhimadhikari, I'll just offer the food in my mind. No. Think you're a kanishtadhikari, like Puri Maharaj. Make the offering and so forth, and you'll progress naturally. These are realizations. Bhagavatam describes them in terms of realization, really. It's not a, it's a mental adjustment. So here, anyway, we've talked for some time, so I'll conclude the class and ask any questions that we've discussed to some extent relative to the Leela under discussion. These two positions, Kanishtarikari, Madhyamadikari, exhibited by Tapan Mishra, Chandrasekhar, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, respectively. Yes, Maharaj. This uh, statement, Srila Gurmaraj, definitely, I this statement, but Srila Gurmaraj, and it's, of course, the disciples of Srila Gurmaraj did not appreciate the way it came out, and the point of Lord Ayamaraj right there, mm -hmm. confronted Gurmaraj very strongly with this event, hmm. uh, significance, and 
our own experience and the association with Srila Purimarth, we saw that he wasn't a Kamisna. Mm -hmm. you know, he exhibited symptoms. You were there in Chaitanya Mark when you saw how it was. For instance, example, he was describing how he didn't have taste for the holy name, how he couldn't experience these high things. And in the process of explaining that, he actually exhibited those symptoms, mm -hmm. which saying he didn't have right. such a high thing. So, this describing him as a Kinestati party, it's like, we also have to say, I mean, he wasn't a Kinestati party. Right. Really, and maybe that was in reference to an earlier stage or whatever, but it's, it's too easily misunderstood by those who don't, who don't have the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Right. So in that way, it's kind of. Uh, yeah. Well, they weren't thoughtful to understand, as I mentioned, that Schiedermarsh was just picking out individuals whose activities could be related to these stages to give an example to understand, not that they were. You don't think that Chandrasekhar is a Kanishtadikari. He's an internal associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But Bhaktisvedan Sarasthakar Prabhupada says here in the purport, they're Kanishtadikaris. So that's how we have to adjust it. Therefore, we have to understand the teaching, the philosophy. Otherwise, we take things out of context, we take our guru's statement and go and blaspheme Vaishnavas. You know, if we think that we're preaching Godi Vaishnavism, then this is not correct. Another question? Yes, Maharaj. Later in this chapter, we see that Mahaprabhu converts Prakashananda, and a thousand of thousands of my body follow the Prakashananda. So now, if you go to Kashi today, <laughs> I no thought you would ask that. No one's ever heard of Prakashananda, and it's still the bastion of my body philosophy and Shaivism. So, how is this that there's no mention of Prakashananda anywhere, even though there are thousands and thousands of followers? Well, I don't really have a definitive answer, but according to my faith, then I will answer that, yeah, they had to abolish him from the history, <laughs> otherwise Kasi couldn't remain, you know, <laughs> as a place of my body. So, you know, what can happen over 500 years is too much to say. But we believe that such event took place. It's a very prominent event in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Twice the Leela is described, as I mentioned yesterday, both here in Adi Leela and later in the Madhi Leela. It's mentioned in Chaitanya Bhagavad and probably every other biography as well. So we have different persons from different times writing about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life, all giving an account of this. So it may very well be that the Mayavadis came back again, resurfaced. That is, I think, the eternal uh, position of, of Kashi, of Banaras, to be such a stronghold. They're going to have to have some place. So... They resurfaced and then erased the history of, of such an event, which would be, would be such a blemish on their place and on their, their heritage. Yes? I have a question about uh, the Martin the Richards. Uh, as the Vice ascertained that that's taking place within them, or as opposed to maybe a temporary manifestation of the that he's coming to that stage? Yeah, he's coming to that stage as opposed to just some temporary attachment. Does that fall in a muddy stage or a stage? Well, Narta Nivriti is kind of a nebulous stage in a way. It's uh, Because if the, if the Anarthas are removed, which happens 
in the course of Bhajana Kriya, then one comes to Nishta. So it's kind of like, where does an art and a vritti really, is it, it's half Nishta and it's half Bhajana Kriya. It's, it's, in Bhajana Kriya, in this practices, the anarthas come out. So when they come out, for a moment, you're an anartha and a vritti, and then suddenly you're, you're Nishta. So maybe we can say that Nishta has some further positive, some beginning traces of positivity, whereas anartha and a vritti is negativity. It's a complete, just like uh, liberation in Vaishnavism has two sides, removal of the negative and establishing oneself in the positive in terms of his relationship with Krishna. So anyway, enough said briefly about anartha nivritti. As far as your question goes, I think if you have to ask, how does he know, then, then you don't know. Those anarthas aren't coming out. When they come out and they're gone, they're retired and you know it, and that burden of that anartha that you were carrying, the relief from that is your evidence. And um, maybe in humility you may think, well, if something has been, some anartha has been retired, but we have so many anarthas from so many lifetimes. But anyway, if in your humility you may think, perhaps I, I, I've retired that anartha, but maybe it will come again. That, that may be healthy to think like that. But for the most part, when it's retired, you'll know. You'll feel the burden is lifted and your ability to practice, really, that should be your evidence. Because anarthas are getting in the way of our ability to practice. If they're gone, then they should be compensated by or replaced by greater ability to take up sadhana bhakti with greater resolve, with more attention, with more, with more result. Anything else? Yes. Yes, but we do that in light of the fact that actually, you know that Prahlad's Ishtadevata was Krishna. So that is significant. The deity of Prahlad was Krishna, the deity of Nara, the deity of Sukadeva, the deity of every principal speaker and every principal questioner in Bhagavatam is Krishna. <laughs> it's a very important point. So, Prahlad was devotee of Krishna. Krishna appeared as Nishinga. Nishinga is a Sadaishwarya, I believe, manifestation of the Lord. All six opulences, like Ram, like Krishna. So, we worship Nishinga. We worship all avatars, for that matter but in light of there being manifestations of Krishna, not without that sensibility. And that means taking shelter of Krishna also. Nishingadeva had a prominent place in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, so there's scope for that. Bhakti Thakur envisioned him every morning coming to the Arctic and at the yoga pit in Mayapur. He intervened and made safe the Sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when the Muslims broke the Murdanga his favorite instrument, and also the uh, revered Sridhar Swami understood the Bhagavatam by the grace of Nasinga, his deity. Sridhar Swami's Ishtadevata was Nasinga Dev. Mahaprabhu so much regarded Sridhar Swami. We should pray to Nasinga Dev that he may reveal the import of Srimad Bhagavatam to us. Well, there's scope for that. But again, we worship these avatars in light of their being avatars of Krishna. And some people may take shelter of them in another light. 
and that we are as Godias, Godia Vaishnavas, we are not recommending that. And although we worship the Shringa, that's true, or we still, all of the devotees here who are worshiping the Shringa Dev, they are not really interested in going to Vaikuntha. They're interested in going to Goloka. That's their ideal. And Bhagavan Nishinga may have some place to help us in that regard at a certain point in our progress. So we should be careful about this because when we make strong statements like this about worshipping Krishna, taking shelter only of Krishna, it's not to be taken in a mundane way. When we say Prabodhananda Saraswati said, who cares for Nishinga, who cares for Bhagavan, and so forth. These are just uh, statements of love from great devotees for Krishna, for example, or for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the case of Prabodhananda Saraswati. But it's not that he disregarded Bhagavan Nishinga or Raman or Braha or anything like that. So we should get a mundane idea about it and then become offensive to other deities. Another question? In principle, he's saying that Lakshmi, well, one thing he's saying, that Lakshmi is superior to Ambarish and Sukadev. Um, so that's one subject. So if you study Bhagavatam, we see that different devotees. Prahlad is the beginning of Shudapakti. From Prahlad, we go to Hanuman. From Hanuman to uh, what? Uh, Pandavas, to Yadus, and Yadus amongst Yadus to Uddhava. This is Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Mudava to Golok, to Vrindavan, to Gopis, and so forth. So, all these devotees are worshipable by us. Prahlad Maharaj is a partial of the Lord. We're just a Jeeva soul. Our Adhikar may take us to Golok. But Prahlad will always remain worshipable to us. Now, at some point, we may have to say, Prahlad's position is this, Gopis' position is that. This position is higher of the gopis. We are going there. We're interested in this, of Prahlada, and so forth. For preaching, for teaching. But if it becomes abused and people offend Prahlada, they'll never go to gopis. They'll never go to Goloka. So only if the necessity arises means in preaching, thoughtfully, we have to make these comparisons. Otherwise, they're all great devotees of the Lord. They're all worshipable by us in every respect. Gopis themselves exhibited that kind of behavior, that kind of example. If Nard would come into Vrindavan, they would all offer respect to Bhagavan Narada. Mahaprabhu was taught to not a peace in each inner. Here once before, Damodar Maharaj, my disciple, had come a few years ago, and there was a, um, I guess, a Madhva sannyasi that was speaking nearby. So Maharaj wanted some of the sannyasis and devotees to go. And he and I, Maharaj Shripad Narasimha, stayed here. So Demon Maharaj was amongst them. And he, 
he asked me, he said, what should I do? How should I conduct myself? I said, well, conduct yourself as if you're in the presence of someone from Vaikuntha. So they all went there, and, and the sannyasi was speaking and giving blessings, and there was a big crowd. And so Damodar Maharaj, he's got a black body, Negro man, he stands out, you know, in India, and he's a sannyasi, and he's a big man. So he walks up, and in the midst of everybody, he just lays out and pays his full dandavats to this Madhvacharya as if he's right from Vaikuntha. <laughs> and uh, having getting the attention of so many people and so many people seeking his attention overtly, Maharaj wasn't seeking, he, was, he wasn't really seeking to like get attention. He was just thinking, okay, my Guru Maharaj told me in the presence of Vaikuntha. And so the Acharyas, all attention went to him. And he called and said, who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> I was so pleased to hear that. This is the standard of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If you're from Golok, then you will be paying obeisance to everybody in Vaikuntha. You will think they are superior to you. That is the whole bhav of Golok. And that shows your superiority. The kind of worship that the inhabitants of Golok will offer to the people of Vaikuntha reveals how high they are. How high is the heaven of Golok? Mahavaikuntha. And their standard of Tunada Pisunichana given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that will that reveal so. So we should worship everyone. And amongst devotees, then there are higher and lower devotees, but we should be very careful about that. Because first of all, all devotees are worshiping as they should, according to their heart, according to their bhav, their innate capacity to love. And it's perfect for them. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. That ideal is worshipable by us. Still, at the same time, some are higher, some are lower. But that higher and that lower is objective, and their experience is subjective, and the whole experience of spiritual life ultimately is a subjective one more than it is an objective one. You have to move from the subjective experience to talk about it objectively. Rupa Goswami is a Madhurya Bhakta. He wrote Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He had to withdraw from his subjective position as a Madhurya Bhakta of the Lord to a neutral position to write the book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and discuss all the different rasas and so forth. If he just remains fully steeped in his bhav, then how would he talk about Dasirasa and Sakirasa and have any interest in that? So ultimately, it's a subjective experience, and that should be honored and worshipped and... Sometimes we have to step back and make analysis for the sake of teaching. But if that is abused, then people become offensive and they're ruined. They all go down. So only with great caution. What did he say? Otherwise, it should. Otherwise, it should be clear that Lakshmi is superior to Sukadev and superior to Ambarish. Anything else? I think we should probably stop there. Huh? Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai, Sri Sri Gaurada Madhava Ki Jai, Guri Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pramanandi.